into the contest. It is Tuesday the 2nd of August. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, just had a bit of a thought bubble last night with all the talk of Six and Out coming back and the concert <laughs> in a few weeks' time. Karaoke. Ooh. Were you a karaoke man? And if you were, what was the go-to song? Well, yes, I was, but I'd have to be absolutely hammered mm. to do it. But uh, my, yeah. my go-to song was a bit of Bobby Darren, mate, a bit of Mac the Knife. Or wow. or or um, I like Jesse's Girl too by Rick Springfield. So they, they were my two go tos. Well, what about yourself? Oh, it had to be K San because I hosted the Okie Dokie Karaoke for fifty bucks in a beer voucher <laughs> in Goulburn thirty years ago to supplement my income, my poorly paid income in country radio. But K San, and I think back in those days, that was the song. And boy, oh boy, what I noticed hosting a karaoke night. Yep. How bad the voices got, but how good people thought they sounded after getting on the P one double five. Yeah, it's always good fun. It was, uh, yeah. But uh, whenever anyone re- uh, replayed your voice back to you, went, "Ooh, that wasn't the best." Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> got a big show today. Alex Demonor uh, bursting into the top twenty. We will be there shortly in the world tennis rankings. Pat Cummins ties the knot, and an interesting solution to the Rebel Golf Tour. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. Alex Demonor, outstanding. He's won a second Atlanta Open. And look, it was interesting to watch Nick Kyrgios and Tanasi Kokonakis win the doubles. Kyrgios, of course, pulled out of the singles. But mm. that must mean there's not much wrong with him ahead of the US Open. No, good signs. And uh, good signs from the Aussies, too. Mm. Uh, fantastic week over there. That's just Alex Demonor's sixth ATP title. And as you mentioned, Timmy, he's a second at the Atlanta Open. So it's huge for him. He now almost into the top 20 in the world, which is huge. And um, look, he defeated American Jensen Brooksby, uh, 6-3, 6-3. So very comfortable in that win. And while, um, yeah, our, our two favourite Aussie double players, Kokonakis and, and Nick Kerrios, um, they had to battle it out against uh, Goober and Piers, uh, but they won 7-6, 7-5. Another doubles title to those boys. Yeah, the special case. Very nice mm. setting it looked like for Pat Cummins' wedding. They got the the weather as well. I've, I've, I've heard very few bad things about Cummins, and having covered pretty much the early part of his career, I was still very much on the on the tour as a reporter. Uh, and all that injury he went through to come out the other side to be the leader, to be such a dominant force, and these these types of Things are, are just celebrated, aren't they, when uh, you've got a guy like this? Yeah, I, I knew about this wedding a week or so ago from my old uh, business partner, Neil Maxwell, who is uh, Pat's mm. manager. Um, yeah, and the photos looked absolutely beautiful, and, and so did Becky. <laughs> no, Pat, Pat scrubbed up well, and uh, his, his wife, Becky Boston, um, looked beautiful. Um, but yeah, a few of the cricket boys were there, Travis Head, Mitchell Stark, uh, Josh Hazelwood, Nathan Lyon, to, to mention a few, and... Uh, yeah, in a beautiful setting up in Byron Bay. Yeah, after all the rain, they uh, they they lucked out there. Now Meg Lanning, um, she's going to have to buy Alana King dinner for a few years, I think. After dropping that catch, that was just something that she would normally gobble up. Yeah, it's um, look, there's there's nothing, there's no worse a feeling on the cricket field than dropping mm. a catch. 
Now, thank goodness I never dropped a, a catch on a hat-trick, and uh, she's done this. Alana King came on the bowl against Barbados. They were six for 53. Two quick wickets are eight for 53, and a rule, just a, a regulation, Nick, to slip to Megan. She just said, I wanted, to, I wanted to dig a hole and wanted the earth to gobble me up. And, uh, yeah, that, she won't sleep well tonight. There'll be nightmares, that's for sure. Yeah, because she just catch that every day of the yeah. week. Now, uh, Commonwealth Games, the, the update, Kyle Chalmers has won the 100 metres freestyle uh, gold medal and he's put he like his finger to the lips as, as if to say shush rather than that big sort of, uh, he usually mm. does the big muscle flex when he wins. Uh, he has been through a difficult time. It's certainly not affecting him in the pool, but he is going to pull out of a, uh, a race that Cody Simpson's going to be in as well. Yeah, which only is going to fuel the fire, isn't it? Mm. But as you mentioned, um, he won the 100-metre freestyle in 47.36 seconds, which is, would have been world championship time um, if he would have won the world championships with that that um, with that with time, as I mentioned. But yeah, withdrawing now from the men's um, 4 by 100 uh, where his foe, I suppose, Cody Simpson, is competing, only feeling the fire. Look, I do feel for Emma McEwen here. Like she's now the all-time greatest gold medalist at a Commonwealth Games with 11. And all people tend to be talking about is this sort of love triangle. And uh, it's a shame because she is an all-time legend of the sport. Yeah, and Emma McEwen is always seen as a very quiet, reserved yeah. champion. Um, it, it's quite uh, it's quite dramatic. It's like a melodrama. It's like a soap opera well, that's going on around it. Yeah, and Timmy, I've always found the swimmers too, because they, they, they have very little communication between each other. They're very almost juvenile in the way they behave. Um, you always see them holding teddy bears in the crowd. And that. I know they're all quite young themselves, but they, they don't seem to be very mentally, um, uh, I don't know, um, ahead of the game because, they, yeah, they, they seem to have these sort of silly ongoings within, within the groups. They always have. Yeah, it's a real immature sort of environment. Yeah, it's a different kind of sport. Now, Davis Love yep. the third, he's offered a drastic solution to golf's Rebel Tour, the Greg Norman-led, Saudi-led uh, Rebel Tour, and uh, it, it, this is drastic, uh, calling for a strike, really. Well, he's saying follow the baseball model, mm. and basically what he's saying there is asking all players to boycott all majors until um, the PGA stops uh, or banning sign-ups for the um, LIV. Um, that potentially could work. And then they said if they get sued, then we just don't play until until they, they stop suing us. So it's an all-in sort of mentality. But, uh, yeah, Davis Love the third, so it's a big call. I just think with so much money floating around, the PGA can't do that because they risk of losing their, their tournament as well. Oh, exactly. And I, and I look, I, I'm not, not a, I mean, he's a fantastic golfer, but I don't agree yep. with it. I, I think you no. do more harm than good by doing it that way. Surely there's a, there's a better way yep. to do it. Surely there's a better way. Stay with us. We've got all the AFL, NRL and much more. Lions great, Jason Ackermanis, always a character, always a personality. But um, sometimes when someone is like that, you forget how good a player they were. He was one of the best, wasn't he? And he was, he was quick, he was nimble, he was agile, and he was the perfect uh, fit in that Brisbane team for such a long time. He's come out and said, well, this current Lions team don't have the pace. No, and that's basically down to the absence of Zach Bailey um, and said him not being around and with his pace could really harm their finals chances. 
But the bigger issue here is that uh, not, not only this is the loss coming from 42 points behind Richmond to beat them, it's their 11th consec- um, successive loss at the MCG. And he just said without pace, you can't win on those bigger grounds. And uh, look, he may be right, but yeah, Brisbane have got a lot to do. And, and I just don't know how they're going to turn around winning at the MCG after all those losses, and particularly with a key player like Zach, Zach Bailey out. Yeah, David Kosh. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah that, that loss on the weekend, it was uncharacteristic mm. and it really made you think about him, didn't it? David Kosh, uh, this whole thing about the, uh, the prison bar jumper is back in the headlights. Headlines. Well, Koshi probably t- trying to take away focus from his actual team and, and their performance this year. I think that's what he's doing here. Um, this goes back a couple of years where Collingwood put an injunction on the prison bar um, uniforms that mm. Port Adelaide right, rightfully say that, that they used to wear many years ago prior to coming into the competition. But Collingwood said they have the rights to have the only team in black and white in, in the AFL. So it's back to that. They're not going to let them wear that. There's no, no way in the world. So they can, Koshi could probably just. Be quiet, get on with it and try and draft some decent players for next year. Adam O'Brien got in the media conference after the Newcastle Knights game and, of course, he's the coach and he his history is that he was with Craig Bellamy. So he's with a very successful setup as an assistant coach. But he went into a fairly long and protracted uh, ramble, if you could call it that, about uh, you know, the success he'd had in, in, in teams previous and how teams prepare for grand finals. I've seen it all happen. And he's been criticised by some by saying, come on, mate, stop talking about the past and your, your past feats. You need to get this Newcastle Knights team going. Well, stop talking about yourself. That's what I think they're saying. Mm. And stop talking about your achievements. And you're in charge now of the team. I've never heard Wayne Bennett talk about himself and his achievements. I've never heard Craig Bellamy talk about himself and his achievements. This is a big call from Adam O'Brien to go on the front foot and say, I've been to four grand finals as assistant coach. I know what it takes to to uh, prepare for a grand final. I know what it takes and, and what defensive structures are required to win matches. It's a lot of eyes in there. And currently after their 24 to 10 loss against the Bulldogs, they're in big, big trouble. I think they're 14th on the ladder, of course. And uh, and now when the, when the coach is creating a divide between him and the team, it's got to lead to a lot more disruption in next year. Yeah, and and it's uh, there's almost an air of desperation about it, isn't it? Yeah. And look, yep. they do need to get it right, and they get it right soon. There's been so much go wrong at Newcastle. You've got great guys mm. like Danny Badiris hanging around. I'd, I'd love to see them return to some sort of level of success. They've got a support base which turns up, uh, whether it's raining, whether they're winning, whether they're losing, uh, they're an important part of the NRL. Now, what about Andrew Fafita? He's been a controversial figure over the years. He's playing great footy, and uh, uh, like if he continues to play that, he's the kind of X factor that can help a team do big things, and he's done it before. Sure he has, and he's got a try too uh, on the weekend, and um, was quite emotional. And it goes back to last year with that throat injury that he had. He spent several days in a coma, Mm. induced coma, and he basically told his wife he didn't think he'd make it out the other side. So he's obviously quite emotional, and he said she's been a fantastic support, and he told her that he was going to score a try on the weekend for women's round Mm. and a nod to her, and he he did it. So it's uh, it's an – I'll get goosebumps telling the story, but it's it's a nice little thing that he's done. Maybe he's trying to put his life into perspective and and go from there. But, uh, yeah, it was good to see him score a try and – and maybe that the game of football is just a part of his life now, not everything. Yeah, and, and look, with Nico Hines and others that win by a field goal, if there is a team that might sort of upset the apple cart this year, it could well be 
the Cronulla Sharks. Yep. Now, Ange Postacoglu, we spoke about Adam O'Brien talking about past feats. Well, Ange doesn't have to talk about past feats. He's got Celtic absolutely flying. They've had a good 2-0 win over Aberdeen at home in front of 60,000 fans. But it's not good enough for Ange. And this is what good coaches do, isn't it? That they, they, yeah. they basically don't rest on their laurels. They don't say, what a great win. They say, where can we get better? Yeah, and pretty much last season is behind us, guys. Mm. And now uh, we need to look, look forward and start again and build on those building blocks that we did last year and, and to get that. Look, it was a good 2-0 win, and he said that, but he said we missed a lot of opportunities in front of goals. So, you know, it's a, it's a good start of the season, but keeping all the boys in check to make sure that they perform to their optimum. Now, the death of a legend, and this name will be known by many yeah. people who love world sport and are probably slightly older, but um, for Magic Johnson and these other types, uh, he was such a role model. Bill Russell, he didn't have enough fingers to fit all his premiership rings uh, in the NBA, and he died at the age of 88. Yeah, Celtic legend, 11 NBA titles. Um, which is, a, as you said, Timmy, more rings and fingers. Um, he's the first black coach ever to coach any North American sporting team when Celtic asked him to coach in 1966. Mm. So a real trailblazer there, and he was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 1975, Vale Bill Russell. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, what, what an absolute legend. 11 premierships, it's, it's, it's hard yeah. to believe. Well, that's what the Dragons did, didn't they, in the rugby league? That's what, yep. That was so hard to believe as well. But um, wrapping it up today, a bit of Lenny Pascoe action. Grew up not far from Cogra himself, the great Lenny, and... Uh, uh, he was fast, he was fierce, he was angry. <laughs> I do love Lenny, and uh, he's, he's a good mate of mine. I love the story. as a guy called Phil Marks that made his debut for New South Wales. Mm. Back in the probably the late 80s, it would have been, um, Lenny was still playing, being a fast bowler. They were playing at Adelaide Oval on a very flat wicket. Lenny was bouncing David Hooks and wasn't getting any results. Phil Marks came on in his debut to bowl to the great and, and late David Hooks. Um, Lenny was standing at mid-on and told Phil Marks in his first ball to bounce David Hooks, which he did, and David Hooks hit it for six. He then walked back and said, what should I do now, Lenny? And Lenny said to Phil Marks, bounce him again. And he bounced him again and hit him for four. Then he said, what do I do next? He said, bounce him again. And he did, and he hit him for six. Then he walked back and he said, what now? He said, have you thought of playing tennis? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Have you thought of playing tennis? Oh, God rest his soul, David Hooks, but what a player. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, the Osher Group. If you're in the market and looking to buy a horse, a racehorse, go and check out the Osher Group. They're a fantastic bunch of guys and they'll help you out. And, of course, thanks to our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.